Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. You read the uh, response reading, and that's part of the women ministry today. As we talk about devils in the church, stay with me today because uh, it's not something that's popular, but uh, I think you'll be blessed at the end. I have a uh, reference scripture that I felt is necessary before we began this segment entitled Devils on the Church, written by the Apostle Peter, recorded in uh, his first letter, chapter 4, verse 17. And New King James translated, penned it this way, for the time has come. For judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? In this passage of scripture, the word judgment has several applications. Most often it's rendered to make a decision or to render a decision as a judge would after examining the evidence. It has a wide spectrum of uses, from condemnation of the devil and all who serves him, to the vindication of the righteous, those who serve God. In the book of Revelation, we'll see both of these aspects of God's judgment. We will see a, or rather, the book of Revelation does contain condemnation of the devil. But that comes later, and we're not going to deal with that. But there's something to be said about the accuser of the brotherings. That's what the word devil means. The Bible calls the devil a thief. And scripture records that Jesus drove men away from the temple, accusing them of making God's house a den of thieves. And by that, we have to associate the fact that they made it a den of the devil. We can learn two main things from God's word about judgment. First, the judgment will start with the church. And secondly, there are devils in the church. The book of Revelation is addressed to seven churches in Asia. And of these seven, only two of these churches did not receive condemnation from the Lord. But a more intriguing thing in this passage or in the seven churches, it, it plainly identifies that there are four demonic influence in the midst of these churches. In addition to that, there's a fifth church that 
while it doesn't say demons or devils, demonic influence is strongly indicated. As we look at these scriptures, I want you to join me that first church that's where the word is not used, but the implication is strong. As we look at the church of Ephesus, when we look at the church of Ephesus, we'll find out that while Jesus did condemn this church for the loss of their first love, he started out by giving them five condemnations of commendations of five verses. Number one, they worked hard, was patient, performed many righteous deeds. Number two, they did not tolerate sin in the church. Number three, they only allowed sound doctrine to be taught. And number four, they even suffered for Jesus. But then number five, which is a commendation, says this in verse six. Yet this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So the question becomes now is, who are these Nicolaitans? Biblical historians believe that the Nicolaitans are associated with a man by the name of Nicholas, identified at Acts 6 and 5, one of the seven deacons in the first Christian church. I want you to kind of just work with me, uh, listen to me here. The, the belief is that Nicholas, a deacon, began to teach an unbiblical view of grace. And here's what Nicholas thought and taught. If we're going to reach the world for Christ, then we're going to have to live like the world for Christ. In other words, we will have to do the same thing they do. Y'all get that? We don't have to live, go, and do the same thing they do if we're going to release them for Christ. Nicholas was basically saying, Christ has already died for your sin, so why not go ahead and sin? And the results of this was an unrestrained indulgence of sin, but it was in the name of Christ. In other words, they would commit an adoption and say, I'm doing this in Jesus' name. The Nicolaitans expressed their freedom and sinful behavior. I'm free to do these things, so why not do them? They claim to have divine insight, but the source of their insight was demonic. If I had to name the devils in this church, it would be deep devils. Deep devils. Now, y'all got that one? Let's... Examine the other four. First, we have the Church of Smyrna. The Church of Smyrna was one of two churches that did not receive any condemnation. And Jesus said this about them. He said he knew their situation. They were faithful. And because of their faithfulness, they were persecuted and they were poor. But Jesus said, materially, you may be poor, but spiritually you're rich. The interesting part of this passage is, where did the source of this poverty and persecution came from. Look at what Jesus said in verse 9 of chapter 2. I know your tribulation. 
I know your poverty, but you're rich. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not. But of the synagogue of Satan. Anytime you see this word Jews, it's referring to God's folk. The synagogue was a place of gathering to learn God's word. But they apparently were not teaching. Whoever was teaching there was not teaching the truth. And those who who dared to challenge these people who were not teaching the truth were talked about, number one. And then they were ostracized and rejected. If we had to call these demons by name, we would call them the teach demons or the teach devil. Then we got the church of Pergamos. The saints at Pergamos were strong in their faith, yet they lived in a hostile environment. Jesus starts his letter by telling them how they were to live and what they were going through. Look at verse 13, if you would. I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, yet you hold fast my name, and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. Two words talk about Satan in this passage here, his throne and his dwelling place. Throne implies authority. The word used here also can mean headquarters. In other words, the devil worked and he ruled in this place. This could refer to legal government or religious authority. So let's just use this religious authority. So we got the deep devil. We got the priest devil. Now we got the pastor devil or the preach devil. Third church is Thyatira, and this is our main course. This is where we're going to spend most of our time in. Thyatira is the longest of the seven letters with good reason. This particular church was mostly demonic and had only a few small remnant. And Jesus commended the faithfulness of the few. But then he issued one condemnation. Verse 20, but I have this against you. You tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants who practice sexual immorality and eat food sacrificed to idols. This is the same thing that the Nickelodeons were doing. The only difference is who led this group. It's interesting to note that Christ did not command these people to leave. Why? Because he wanted them to remain there to be a godly testimony. He said judgment is going to come on Jezebel and her followers will soon be purged and the church will be clean. But look at verse 24 with me. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned that some, what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, do not lay on you. I will not lay on you anything or heavy burden. Jezebel had deceived people in believing and thinking that she was giving them 
some deep teaching. But in reality, she had led them to the deep things of Satan. So we don't have to call this one a she-devil. Philadelphia. Philadelphia was the second church that received no rebuke from the Lord. Jesus told them because of their faithful work, he would open the door and nobody was going to be able to shut it. But there were still devils in this church. Behold, verse 9 says, I will make those of synagogues of Satan say that they are Jews and not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. This phrase, the Son of God of Satan, describes strong opposition. These were the people that say one thing, but did another. Jesus said they claimed to be his people, but they really was lying. If we had to tag these, we'd call them the weed devils. What's the bottom line? We have several restrictions at New Piney Grove. No food in the worship center. No weapons. No smoking. In fact, when you come on the property, there's a sign out there that reads like this. This is a drug-free, weapons-free, no-smoking zone. But one thing New Pine Grove is not, we're not a devil-free zone. And here's the point. Like a hospital full of sick and dying people who go there in hopes of getting cured, mended, and well. Our church offer hope to the hopeless and salvation for the sinner. Like doctors, nurses, orderly technicians, we are not perfect. We do make mistakes. We may lose some. But our prayer is that we learn from our error so we may better serve those who are demon-infected. I want to share with you today that your condition is not terminal. Because even though there may be devils in the church, there's also the great physician who died for the church. And while penicillin may be the best thing for a physical infection, the blood of Jesus will cure all the spiritual infection. All of us are sick. But none of us have to be terminal. The question is whether or not you want to be healed. Know why I say that? There are a lot of people out there who are sick 
who really don't want to be healed. Because their disease brings a lot of attention to them. All you got to do is ask them how they're doing. They give you a long list of what's not right with them. When it comes to devil infection, the question is whether you really want to be healed. Deacon Taylor is a adamant person who tried to inform people of prostate cancer. He has a list of all these seminars and events that will let men know what their numbers are. And I shared with Harry this many times. So Harry, the reason that people don't go to these things like they should because they really don't want to know. See, one of the first thing of getting healed is you got to admit you got a disease. You got to discover that you got a disease. There are a lot of people who are going to meet God and found out they're going to hear some words they don't want to hear. Depart from me. I never knew you. And you're going to say, but, but, but Lord, didn't I do these things? Didn't I do these things? He's going to say, you're sick. And you miss your healing. Don't let the devils in the church be the devil in you. Let us stand. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.